Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Billings, Montana to Ellensburg, Washington, and from Portland, Oregon to wherever it is that you may be listening, welcome to GNAC Insider, your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. I am Robert Lowry, the host, and well, tonight, always a little bit bittersweet because this is our final GNAC Insider of the 2018-2019 year. We've had 29 great shows this year, about 90 guests this year. And well, the first guest joining us on this final edition of our annual GNAC Insider broadcast schedule is a guy who is down right now enjoying, I hope, a little good weather in La Jolla, California. But I know he's thinking about baseball we're talking to Steen Fredrickson, Montana State Billings baseball pitcher, and he has pitched his team into the NCAA Division II West Regional for the first time ever. Steen, thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider from down there in La Jolla. Thank you for having me, Rob. Well, let me ask you, I, I, made, the, I made the statement. Let me turn that around into a question. How excited are you to be in your first NCAA Division II West Regional for you individually as a senior and for this Yellow Jackets team? I'm ecstatic. Um, it's been a great culmination of um, a great four years. Our team's putting in a lot of work, and we're ready to go when we hit the field on Thursday evening. So it's uh, it's awesome to be down here in La Jolla and obviously some great weather and being in California the first time for a lot of these guys. So. It's a great time. Now, you are a back-to-back first-team all-GNAC selection 2018 and 2019 as well. Recently, you gave your team one of the top outings of the GNAC baseball championships in, in recent memory, frankly. You went seven innings in Friday's winner's bracket game against the number two seed Western Oregon. You allowed just one hit while shutting out the Wolves, Montana State Billings would win that game 10 to nothing. When you look back on that outing, you look back at all the accolades, 2018-29, all GNAC first team selection, was that performance the best of your college career? Uh, I mean, it's definitely up there, absolutely, and I think it's one of the most meaningful for sure. Um, it was amazing to come out and be able to um, give my team a great chance to win and really uh, put a stamp on what's been a great campaign so far. Well, with that victory, the Yellow Jackets then clinched the program's first-ever GNAC championship title the next day, beating St. Martin's 8-5 in, uh, in the finale for the win. But getting back to your game, what made you so successful in a game that had so much riding on it? I was just able to really control my emotions. Um, obviously, it was going to be a – a big game and um, a lot of uh, both just a combination of nerves and um, just excitement. Um, so being able to really calm myself down and go and execute the game plan that our coaches and our, our catchers had called was, um, was definitely the key point for me. 
You've had a great year number-wise. You lead the conference in strikeouts with 88. You're second in both earned run average at 3.54 and in wins with seven overall this year. Do you consider yourself a power pitcher? Um, I would consider myself a little bit in between. I mean, um, I have I pride myself on the control of fastball and uh, three other off-speed pitches. Um, pretty well so um i would call myself a, a good mix a good mix pitcher with um a little uh, just enough velo to make the other pitches uh even that much better all right let's talk about the velocity where do you hit uh where do you hit the gun with the fastball i mean it ranges hopefully uh you know we have those we have those cold days down billings and there's some warm ones too so um anyway anywhere from the uh mid to high 80s to the low 90s well, there's plenty of velocity, and you talk about three breaking pitches. What are they? Um, it's a, a change-up, um, a slider, and a 12-6 curve. Okay. Now, for those who are not familiar with the terminology, what is a 12-6 curve? A uh, 12-6 breaking ball is a pitch that, um, when it comes out of the hand, basically just drops straight down in the zone, whereas a slider is going to go um, – more laterally, um, the curveball is going to go more vertically. Okay. Where'd you learn that pitch? Um, I've been working with uh, pitching coaches my whole life. I was blessed enough to start at a young age with um, my childhood pitching coach back in Ashland, Oregon, Chuck Thacker. Um, and then from there, I've worked with several guys um, that have been key in the development of those pitches. Uh, Riley Dronkson was a, a summer ball coach, and then Grant Hamilton here at MSCB. Those big breaking balls, like like that 12-6 curve you talk about, those generally uh, can give hitters a lot of fits out there. Do, do you use that occasionally as your out pitch? I do, absolutely. Um, I pride myself on being able to throw um, all of those pitches when I need to and to get an out and to get a strikeout when we need it. So um, it's definitely in the mix there. The big 12-6 curve, though, sometimes when the batters get so far ahead of those, they can look a little bit ridiculous out there. I'm sure you must take a little bit of pride in making hitters look bad with that with that particular pitch. Is that true? Yeah, it's fun. Um, and with my slider as well, I mean, it's, it's my job to get out. And so um, if I can do that by the strikeout or however may, I may, uh, it's, always, it's always fun. Now, you talked about growing up down there in Ashland, Oregon, a very beautiful place down there in southern Oregon, almost on the California border. What was it about this Billings program that lured you to go to Montana State Billings? Uh, well, actually, when I went on my visit, it was only my first time or second time, I should say, in Montana. Um, and so it was a totally new environment for me at the time. Um, uh, former Yellow Jackets coach Rob Bishop had recruited me. And uh, when I got to the campus, I, I kind of fell in love with the area. Um, but the guys are what make the team, the coaches are what make the environment. So um, that whole that whole package was what really sold me on the on the place. Well, package also includes academics, and you certainly have done well in that regard. You also earned the 2019 Google Cloud Cosited Division II Academic All District Team honors last week as well. You uh, have a tremendous grade point, a 3.8 GPA, while completing your degree this year in finance. And I, I was thinking about this before I began our interview, and we're talking with Steen Fredrickson from the Montana State Billings baseball team, star pitcher for the Yellow Jackets. 
that baseball, probably of all sports, and certainly all sports have a lot of metrics uh, associated with them, but baseball may be more of a numbers game than any other sport. Finance certainly also has a a lot of uh, numbers uh, associated with it. Are you a numbers guy? Do Do you like the numbers of finance and the numbers of baseball as well? I do. I love them. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big analytics fan. Um, I think the same metrics of baseball make it uh, one of the coolest sports to follow at a both professional and college level. So uh, yeah, that kind of drove me to finance a little bit and just learning more about the numbers and how they're compiled definitely uh, even made that go further. All right. What is your favorite? What What's maybe the most kind of uh, esoteric stat in baseball that you really like to follow, maybe the one that the, the, the general fan would, would kind of have their eyes glaze over on. Oh, wow. Um, that's a great question. Um, from a pitching standpoint, um, I, I guess I can't really pinpoint to it one specific stat, but it's a lot of people would look at the, at a win loss record of a pitcher. And um, from there, I think uh, if I had to narrow it down to one, uh, the whip, which is uh, walks, hits versus innings pitched. I think that might be the one of the coolest stats just to look at if you're just going to look at any pitcher. Yeah. Well, we're going to look at you this coming Thursday because the Yellow Jackets return to the Diamond in La Jolla, California, where you are tonight, to take on number three, Point Loma, in NCAA Division II West Regional play. What, what do you know about Point Loma? What kind of challenge will they present? I mean, Point Loma is a phenomenal program. Um, they've been um, a, a, a fine program uh, down in California for many years now, um, and they definitely uh, they boast a, a task, but um, we're going to have a great game plan going in. Our coaches really prepare us well. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, baseball is baseball. It doesn't matter who you're playing. So it's all 90 feet to the bases and 60 feet, 6 inches to the mound. So at the end of the day, we just got to come out and play the game baseball that the Yellow Jackets play. I'm not trying to give away any inside baseball secrets, but are you going to throw Thursday? Um, that is yet to be determined. Okay. Well, whether you do or whether you don't, Steen, we, we've appreciated you joining us here tonight. I want you to pitch at the tournament. I want you to pitch well at the tournament. I want you to represent the GNAC well. I know you will. I know the Yellow Jackets will. I wish a lot of success, and boy, I tell you, I would like nothing better than to see you come home with a Division II West Regional title, and I hope that's the case for you this year. I really appreciate it, Rob. Thank you very much. Steen, have a great, great time down there. Pitch well, my friend, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk to you again before too long. So good luck. Steen Fredrickson joining us tonight from the Montana State Billings baseball team down there in La Jolla, California, where they're getting set to open play in the Division II West Regional. Well, this is GNAC Insider. We're going to go from the baseball field to track. We're going to have an opportunity to talk with a rising star in a track and field. Sydney Trinidad from Central Washington University's track and field squad will join us when GNAC Insider resumes right after this timeout. Make sure to follow the GNAC on social media. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching GNAC Sports. And visit us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. 
Now is the perfect time to enjoy a romantic stay at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Book a lake tower room with a cozy fireplace and world-class view of Lake Coeur d'Alene. Take advantage of Beverly's renowned wine cellar and five-star dining. Or enjoy the resort's many luxury amenities, including our award-winning spa, indoor pool, and fitness facility. You just can't beat the view from the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Packages start at just $189. To book your getaway, call or visit cdaresort.com. MSC Billings brought my future into focus. With over 100 academic options, the choice is clear. I chose health and human performance, music and business, math and physical sciences, elementary education, radiologic technology. MSUB offers more online courses than any institution in Montana. Professors make courses meaningful. My internship puts what I'm learning into motion. MSUB is the most affordable option in the region. Experience the MSUB Advantage. Welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry. Pleasure to have you joining us tonight as we now say hello to Sydney Trinidad, a standout for the Central Washington University track and field team. Sydney, thanks for making time to talk with us tonight. Yeah, no problem. It's great to be on the show. Well, you received the Performance of the Meat Award at the uh, GNAC Outdoor Track and Field Championships this past weekend. Because of your 400-meter hurdle preliminary, you received the honor after posting a GNAC record time of 58.22 seconds. And I had to do a double take when I looked at that time for the 400 meters. What what point in that race did you realize that you were on potentially a record-setting pace? You know, I actually didn't. I was, my game plan was, of course, to make finals, but to do that, you have to run a good preliminary race. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go out too hard, but I kind of just wanted to get a PR for myself. So I went out hard and I wasn't trying to look at the um, clock as I was nearing on the back stretch. And it actually helped me to just keep going and finish strong. Well, finished strong, certainly. Was that your PR as well? It was, yeah. It was an improvement. By how much? Before. Um, how my best before then was 59.11, and then I did the 58.22. Well, that's not quite a second, but darn close to a full second. How much more did you think you had in the tank than that? Is, is, is and again, you're just a sophomore. Is, is 57 in the cards for you next year or, or less? Um, I'm hoping this um, upcoming or next Thursday, hopefully it'll be in the cards when I'm racing against some really, really talented athletes um, in the D2 Nationals. I'm hoping I can pull it out then. Okay, so you think even that this soon after uh, setting this 58.22, you can go probably somewhat faster? I'm hoping so, yeah, that's the goal. Okay, when you talk about your participation in the upcoming meet, what do you think a, a placing time there in the top three is going to have to be? Oh, the top three. Right now I'm ranked fourth with that. So I'm, I'm thinking if I can break into the 57s, that's a pretty good, 
pretty good outlook to get top three. But ultimately, my goal is to just become an All-American. I kind of had my sights set on that this season. So hoping to achieve that this upcoming Thursday. Now, you're only a sophomore, and I brought that up a couple of times. You, you hail from Arlington. So you went across the, the state from western Washington to central Washington to go to school at Central. What was it about the Wildcat track and field team or the university or a combination of the two that lured you to Central Washington University? Yeah, so um, I did not really want to go to Ellensburg just because I knew it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. But um, when I actually visited here, I fell in love with the little town. It's a lot like Arlington. Um, and then the my coach that recruited me, um, I just know her stats. I know she's really talented. I knew she could get me to where I had hopes, I, um, where my goals were. And I just, yeah, I knew that it would be a good fit um, to be on the track program here. Well, you, you certainly have been a tremendous fit, you along with your teammate and a former GNAC insider guest this year, Harley Ortega, helped the Wildcat women to a second-place finish at the GNAC Outdoor Track and Field Championships this past weekend, finished just four points behind the eventual team champion, Seattle Pacific. Now, I know that the Wildcats would have liked to uh, taken home the, the GNAC title, but was second place something that uh, that the Wildcats felt a little bit satisfied with? Um, ultimately, we are very competitive, so first place would have been nice, but I know that we all had some very good individual efforts that came together to score big for the team. Um, Harley and I competed at the heptathlon um, a week before this uh, the individual GNAC event, and that was just really cool to get some points and carry them over into um, our individual meet and just kind of get the momentum going and get the team excited and ready to score points. And, yeah, it was it was a good meet. Like, I'm really – I'm proud of SCU for pulling out another one. We're talking with Sydney Trinidad from the Central Washington University track and field team, and you, and you brought up something I wanted to talk with you about, that, uh, that GNAC combined events meet that was – held in Ellensburg right there at Central Washington University the week before the uh, the GNAC championships. You came in fourth in the heptathlon. So you are not only a tremendous hurdler, but you are an all-around track and field athlete. When you look at the heptathlon events, is there one that, that is your favorite? Yes, definitely. I would actually have said last year when I was in Saudia, I would have said the 100-meter hurdles because that's what I did in high school, and I really love hurdles, obviously, 400 or 100. But now I would say it's the 800 because that's one of the events I score the most in. I'm definitely more running dominant, whereas someone like Harley is very field dominant. So I'm trying to improve on all my field events, but I would say that the 800 and the 100-meter hurdles would be my favorite. Now, if I understand correctly, you have the week off before you go down to Kingsville, Texas, for the NCAA championship meet. What do you do during the time off? Do you, do you work on any of your uh, – what, what will be your train, your personal training schedule like to get ready for the Nationals? Oh, for sure. Um, I would say that all the work, at least for me, has already been done um, – during the fall and during indoor season and during the bulk of outdoor season. So 
right now we just kind of need to keep up our fitness, keep my my legs going, um, since I just only have the 400 hurdles, which is kind of rare to only do one event in a meet, so I'm really excited for that. Um, so just kind of stay mentally ready, um, relax a lot, and just, yeah, keep training with my team. What are you studying? It's, and again, as a sophomore, you, you don't have to have your, your major declared yet, certainly, but are, are you leaning in any particular way a- academically? Definitely. Um, I have decided to be a social service major. And what do you want to do when you graduate with that degree in a couple of years? Um, I'm not sure I could go a few ways with it. Um, I do know I want to be a social worker, though, and just help kiddos that don't really have, like, a say in their situation. So I'm not exactly sure, but I know I have a lot of opportunities. Well, Sydney, it's been a joy to talk with you tonight. Uh, congratulations on all your success. Again, as just a sophomore for the Wildcats, I know that even brighter times are ahead, and possibly those brighter times are going to be just around the corner at the NCAA National Meet coming up in a week. Uh, good luck in Kingsville, Texas. Uh, again, uh, Compete well for the Wildcats. Compete well for the GNAC. I know you will. And I look forward to talking to you again sometime before too long here on GNAC Insider. Thank you so much. Sydney Trinidad joining us tonight from Ellensburg, Washington, here on GNAC Insider, where we now take our GNAC weekly wrap-up, look around the league at what happened around the conference in the past week. In track and field, Western Washington and Seattle Pacific highlighted the GNAC Outdoor Track and Field Championships. The Vikings won the men's title. We had a pair of championships in the hurdles by junior Cordell Cummings, while the Falcons took home the women's championship with a meet record-setting time in the 4-by-100-meter relay. In baseball, Montana State Billings won the GNAC championship title with three victories in three days at Porter Park in Portland. The Yellow Jackets received GNAC Team of the Week honors after knocking off Western Oregon and St. Martin's to earn the title. In softball, the conference's top teams saw their seasons come to an end at the NCAA West Regional. Western Oregon was the lone GNAC club to advance to a regional final, ultimately falling to top-seeded Concordia Irvine after posting a pair of victories on Friday. In men's golf, Simon Frazier led a record-setting group of three GNAC teams at the NCAA Division II West-South Central Regional, paced by BC product Aiden Goodfellow, who carded a two-under-par total from the tournament. The clan finished in a tie for 12th on the team leaderboard. And in women's golf, Simon Frazier's Kylie Jack and Jaya Rampuri are headed to the NCAA Division II National Championships, after finishing inside the top 11 at the West Super Regional, Jack finished the three-round tournament at eight over par, while Rampuri finished just one stroke behind her at plus nine. That's what happened around the GNAC last week. We are going to head now from track to the men's basketball court. We'll do that when GNAC Insider resumes right after this timeout. Central Washington University, the state's most welcoming university. The Economist magazine ranked CWU top in the state for value. And four of the last five years, Central ranked top in the state for diversity. Learn about Central Washington University's more than 135 academic programs at cwu.edu slash admissions. Or by visiting Central Washington University in Ellensburg or at one of their university centers near you. Central Washington University. 
Welcome to a world-class education. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. And it's my pleasure now to be joined by the newest men's basketball coach in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, but somebody who is no stranger to the GNAC. Roderick Rhodes is joining us. He is the men's basketball head coach at Concordia, announced as the head men's basketball coach there last weekend. Coach Rhodes, thanks for joining us tonight on GNAC Insider for the first of what will be, I'm assuming, many appearances. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about being on, and uh, thank you. Well, it's exciting to have you on for a couple of reasons, not just because of your coaching, but because I remember you as a basketball player. I remember watching you when you starred at the University of Kentucky and at USC, and then you went on to the NBA and played for Houston and and also played for Vancouver, the Grizzlies, when when Memphis was up in north of the border at Vancouver, and also for the Dallas Mavericks as well. So you bring a very high level of basketball talent and basketball play uh, to the coaching position as well. You also, as I understood it, uh, spent a little time overseas playing in, in, in places like Cyprus and Greece, the Philippines, France, Puerto Rico. So you bring a real varied basketball uh, experience there to Concordia. When you look back, is that, is that going to be valuable for you to be able to draw on those major college, NBA, and, and overseas experiences? Um, absolutely. I've, I've been very fortunate in my basketball career to play for some really, really uh, talented coaches with great basketball minds. I've, I've, I've played for three out of four Hall of Famers. I've, in high school, I played for Bob Hurley Sr., who's Bobby Hurley Jr.'s father at St. Anthony's High School. And then I had the great fortune of going on to play at the University of Kentucky and playing for Rick Pitino, who's another Hall of Fame coach. And then at the at the NBA level, I played for Rudy T with the Houston Rockets, who's also a Hall of Fame coach. And then my fourth coach, who I played with when I transferred from US from Kentucky to USC, was Henry Bibby, and he played for arguably the best coach of all time in any sport, and uh, John Wooden. So I've been very fortunate in my life to play for some really good coaches, and and also you know just experiencing and playing throughout the country and different parts of the world. I, I've you know, had some great times and played some really good coaches. So I've been very fortunate in my career. What was it about the coaching profession that lured you into it? I love kids. I love kids. It's that simple. I love teaching. I love kids. I love giving back. Uh, Bob Hurley, senior who I talked about, who was my high school coach, he, he came back into the inner city and he, he wanted to help kids out. And it was something I was very passionate about. I'm an inner city kid. And um, here was this Irish man from Jersey City who was a probation officer, and he was coming back to inner city Jersey City and helping out these young men. And it was just something I always was intrigued by. I I never quite understood why he was doing what he he was doing. But now that I'm I'm 45 years old and and I'm I'm on the other side, I'm not a player, I'm a coach, I totally get it. Um, It's it's fulfilling. uh, It's rewarding. And – it's a blessing to, to, to be a coach and to be a teacher. So it's, it's, it really is. It's a true blessing and a calling. 
you're obviously very familiar after the last couple of years on the sidelines as an assistant at Northwest Nazarene with the uh, with the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. When this Concordia position became available, what was it about the job? What was it about the city? What was it about the program that, that made you think, maybe this is the right fit for Roderick Rhodes? Well, one, I just knew that Concordia was um, – I knew it was one of the, the – the, and I might be biased. I, I think it's the the best university in the conference. And for many reasons, it's in a metropolitan area. I think Portland's a great city. Um, sorry about that. Uh, Portland's a great city. Seattle is also a great city. But I know just being an assistant coach at NNU, we spend a lot of time in the Portland, Seattle area recruiting kids. So I, I – and, and looking for different jobs, and when I heard about Concordia and Open Up, I said this would be a golden opportunity to to go to Concordia, to be the coach there, and then just have that ability to just stay on the I-5 and recruit up and down the I-5. And I just think it's a lot of great talent uh, going up the I-5, up and down the I-5. And I just – I think it's a great university. It, it, it fits my values and what I'm about. It's a Christian university. Uh, it's, it's about getting kids in that are high character, that are kids that want to excel academically. So for me, it was a great fit. And I think, I think it's, you know, like I said, I could be a little biased, but I think it's one of the better jobs. It's not the best job in the GNAC. You uh, had a really exciting last trip to Portland as a, an assistant with the Nighthawks. You beat Concordia by one point in overtime. Do you remember that game? I do remember that game. Um, it, you know, Brad did a great job. Uh, every time we played against Concordia, we knew it was going to be a fight. We knew they were going to play hard, and uh, we knew we were going to play out. We were going to have to play our best game. So we've always had great respect as an assistant coach at NNU coming up and playing against these guys up at Concordia. And um, I think we got a great nucleus coming back. I, I think we can uh, do some good things. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about this upcoming year. I, I'm really excited. I was kind of looking at, at perusing the roster just a little bit. looks like you're going to have six seniors coming back next year. Is it good to be able to come into a program as a new coach to have some some upperclassmen to to give you some veteran leadership? Absolutely, absolutely. And the guys that are coming back, um, they've been great. They've all given me phone calls and said, "Coach, we're excited about having you. We're excited about getting to work." Um, it's been great, and I'm really I, I I'm so excited to get up there and work with these guys. They you can tell they're very mature kids. Not on not just as basketball players, but as people. And I'm excited to work with them as people. So I, I, I really, really am excited. And, yes, to answer your question, having the six core players back, I think makes for an easy transition and guys that are familiar with the GNAC. So I think it will work out good for us. When I have an opportunity to watch a Concordia game next year on GNAC.TV, what will a Roderick Rhodes Concordia team look like? What will you want to do offensively? What do you want to do defensively? Uh, I, we, we want to dominate what we can control, right? We, 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 we want to have great energy. We want to play with great passion. Uh, we want to defend at a high level. We just want to dominate what we can control. And um, I, I think if we do those things, I think it'll make for a special season. We want to have great discipline. Uh, we're going to have uh, 
great respect for our opponents, and we just want to dominate what we can control. So we're going to get up and down. We're going to play fast. Uh, we're going to play hard. And um, we want to wear people down. But more importantly, we just want to dominate the stuff that we can control. Well, Coach Rhodes, this, this time has gone by much too quickly. I look forward to talking to you when men's basketball season rolls around next year in the GNAC. Until then, uh, good luck getting the Cavaliers in place for next year, and I look forward to talking to you again. And until we do, uh, continued success on building your program. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on, and go Cavs. Roderick Rhodes joining us tonight from down in Portland as we now move and take a look around what happened around the GNAC and what's on the upcoming schedule in women's golf. Simon Frazier's Kylie Jack and Jaya Rampuri are at the NCAA's, uh, are the GNAC's lone competitors at the NCAA Division II National Championships in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. The duo opened the duo opened the championship today at the PGA National Resort Champions Course. In baseball, the postseason continues down in La Jolla, California, with Montana State Billings competing in the NCAA Division II West Regional. The tournaments will get underway Thursday, 7 p.m. as the Yellow Jackets face number three Point Loma. Hey, remember that for the latest in the GNAC, you can go to GNACSports.com. To find news, stats, standings, and so much more, also connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GNAC Sports. Think we're done? No, we have one more guest coming your way, and he is going to be a record-setting guest for a reason you're going to find out in just a moment as St. Men's soccer defender Sebastian Navarro joins us after this break on GNAC Insider. The Wright brothers had a vision to do the impossible. Through perseverance, courage, and drive, their passion took flight. At Concordia University, this kind of revolutionary thinking is part of our DNA. Our MBA students don't learn in a lecture hall. They work as a team on actual case studies, and they appreciate how the evening, weekend, and online options make it easy to fit school into their busy lives. Free textbooks, iPads, and generous scholarships are available too. Concordia MBA grad Dan Reese sums it up like this. The connections you make in a cohort program are really powerful. You build relationships, you're solving problems together. Everyone makes a commitment to be part of this process. I've built relationships that I know I'll use through the rest of my career. With a Concordia MBA, students learn to question, challenge, problem solve, and collaborate, thinking in new ways to make a positive impact in the workplace. Let your thought revolution begin at ConcordiaMBA.com. That's ConcordiaMBA.com. Back on GNAC Insider, I'm Robert Lowry, and we're saying hi now to Sebastian Navarro, soccer defender for St. Martin's University's men's soccer team. You, Sebastian, are making history tonight. You're the first ever spring soccer guest on GNAC Insider. Congratulations for that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, that, that'll, that'll win you some bets, I can tell you that right now. Hey, listen, you know, everybody thinks about some sports and, and generally they think about them during particular times of year. And I think soccer is considered generally a fall sport. But what did the Saints, what were you able to accomplish during this successful spring season? Because it looks like you're going to have, uh, you, you carried some momentum from the fall into the spring. And maybe you're going to be able to carry that to next fall as well. Would that be fair to say? 
Oh yes, that's uh that's exactly what we're trying to do. I mean, this spring was solely for preparation for next fall. I know at the end of the season we went on a little run and the guys had a little motivation and that kept them working out and really staying true to their to the team. So the spring was really influential for us to really get the groundwork set for next fall. Now you talk about the grunt work. What would you characterize as the so-called grunt work? Oh, grunt work. Well, we have uh, we have six a.m. Um, in the gym, and then we have conditioning sessions at three in the afternoon. So we get in and we have to do that at five forty-five, and we're from six to seven, and that's uh, we do like conditioning and the treadmills upstairs, and then some jumbo work, and then in the afternoon for the first couple months, the coach the coaches don't even bring out a soccer ball, and it's all conditioning. So, do you that's feel something that-, that we do here in the spring? Do you feel that conditioning is something you can maintain throughout the course of a long summer before you really kick it into high gear and kick it? I didn't mean to use that in a, any kind of pejorative way, but I mean, as you get ready for the fall sports season. No, that's one of the concerns we have with the with the team going into summer. That if if some slack off, then the work we put in the spring doesn't really pay off. But most of the guys on the team are actually playing on summer teams, which helps them kind of keep going to practice and keep that conditioning going so they don't lose it. So that's one thing we talked about, to make sure the players keep that conditioning going. Now, you started in 17 of St. Martin's 18 matches. You scored 21 points on six goals, nine assists from the defender position. That's that's a pretty high-scoring total from a defender position. Have you always been an offensive-minded defender? Yeah, you know, I always since I was uh, since I was young, I've always had a pretty good right foot. So the coaches have always given me the the go ahead, go up on certain set pieces or on corner kicks, or even if I felt I had the opportunity to go up. So that that's always been a thing that I've had up my sleeve that people kind of underestimated me on. Second team All GNAC honors as a junior in 2017. You're an All GNAC honorable mention honors while making the All Academic team as well. You've done quite well there at St. Martin's after going across the mountains from your native Yakima to Lacey. As I like to ask the, the student athletes who come on GNAC Insider with me, what was it about their particular schools, in your case, St. Martin's, that, uh, that drew you to it? You know, I had a I had a couple of friends come to St. Martin's and that were here playing, and that they they put in such a good word that when I came for my for my visit and and met the team, the team was just so welcoming and so warming from the beginning. And I went to a practice, and everyone kind of just brought me in, and there was a sense of a family in the team. That's something that I wanted to kind of be be involved with. So the moment I met the guys, I, I knew that I wanted to become a Saint. Now, I talked about the fact that you have made the conference all-academic team. What are you studying? What are your career aspirations? Well, I'm a, I'm a majoring in marketing and minoring in management. And I don't know, I see myself being a coach in the future. I don't know where at, but I know I like coaching. That's something I want to do. And I like talking to people. So advertising and, and marketing is kind of my, my wheelhouse. So either being a, a, a successful coach somewhere or, or something involving marketing. 
And obviously you have played at some high levels, not only there at St. Martin's, but when you were a prep student, you played for the Crossfire Academy, part of the United States Developmental Academy program as well. So you have been able to, uh, to, to see a lot of different levels of soccer as well. Do you think that will help you in your coaching career? Oh, yes, definitely. You know, through my through my experience in CrossFit, I've met one of the, the best coaches I've ever had, you know, and, and they even took me to Italy where I experienced European coaches and their style. So I think experiencing all these different great coaches in my in my experience will definitely help me come up with good training sessions in the future when I'm a coach. Well, Sebastian, it's been, been a pleasure to talk with you, and I look forward to talking with you again during the, the uh, men's soccer campaign this coming fall. Uh, continued success, uh, whatever you do this summer, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to following you when St. Martins gets back on the pitch next fall. So thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. No problem. Thanks for having me. Go Sebastian. Saints. Go Saints. Sebastian Navarro joining us in the final guest of our 2018-2019 GNAC Insider this year. Wow. It's been, a, it's been a ride. It's been a lot of fun. We'll wrap things up for the year right after this timeout. Every time a student learns something new, makes a discovery, or helps a team, it's not just good for that student. It's good for the whole community. At St. Martin's University, we know the impact a well-prepared graduate can have on the world. That's why, last year, we extended more than $11 million in scholarships to our students. Because the more we invest in them, the brighter the future becomes for all of us. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. You know, this is always kind of a bittersweet show for me because uh, this is the last one of the year. Uh, and I know the GNAC Insider will be back uh, this coming fall. But uh, when you look back on 2018, 2019, it's been such a wonderful year from football and all the fall sports and the basketball and all the winter sports and to the spring sports, softball, baseball, track and field, soccer. I, I don't want to leave any sport out all the great athletic directors we've talked to, all the great student athletes we've talked to, all the great administrators we've talked to this year. This year has gone by much too quickly, but it has been very enjoyable. And part of that is due to the hard work behind the scenes to the producer of this year's GNAC Insider, Connor Pelton. He has done an absolutely phenomenal job this year. And a tip of the hat, a tip, a flash of the felt and a tip of the fedora to Connor Pelton for a great job this year. Connor, we're going to miss you, my friend. I want you to keep in touch as your career continues to unfold in the years ahead. And, of course, I want to thank as well Dave Hagelin, the commissioner for the GNAC, for giving me the opportunity to, again, serve as host for GNAC Insider throughout the course of this season. I look forward to having the opportunity to join you to talk about the players and with the coaches and the administrators around the GNAC for the 2019-2020 sports seasons which will be here before too long. Until then, I'm Robert Lowry. Thanks for joining us. And until we next meet, you consider yourself a GNAC insider. So long for now. GNAC 
Mac Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.